TSL. You're listening to The Satin Lounge. Tonight for Pillow Talk, multi-talented producer, director, writer, and editor has graced our presence. She produced the feature film Elena Undone uh, for writer-director Nicole Kahn and wrote and directed the controversially compelling film Meth Head. Practically all of her award-winning work has been film festival favorites, and we are absolutely privileged to have her here with us tonight. Sutton Lounge, please help me welcome the creatively courageous Jane Clark. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to have you here. I've been kind of following your work for a little while, and I'm so honored that you're with us to talk a little bit about some of the things you've been up to. Well, I'm really happy to be here. (laughs) We have some mutual friends. We do. It's a small world. Independence is a small world. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm excited to learn more about your creative path, really. Uh, I read somewhere that you began your career as an actress first, uh, including this reoccurring role you had on uh, the series Chicago Hope. Yeah. Yeah. So you wanted to be an actress first, is that I right? I did. Well, I sort of wandered. I wanted to be a painter. Uh-huh. I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be a writer. I, you know, I sort of dabbled <laughs> a lot of different things. But uh, acting is hard mm-hmm. and it's frustrating. It's harder than directing and, and other creative avenues, actually. When you're acting, you are reliant on other people to give you a job. And if I want to write a script, nobody has to hire me to write a script. Um, And at least through the short filmmaking journey, Mm -hmm. I was able to just go out and, you know, pull pull together money and make my shorts. Mm -hmm. So there was a a liberty to it that I didn't have. Yeah. And um, as much as I loved acting, I just got really, really frustrated with it. You know, Mm -hmm. Chicago Hope was great, yeah. but you pop on, you throw a couple lines mm-hmm. out, you're there for four hours, you're gone, and then you're looking come- for another audition, yeah, or another job, yeah, to help so- you pay the bills and etc. Exactly. I see. So that yeah. that is what transitioned you to from front of the camera to behind the camera. Yeah, you pretty had more much. Control. More control, and um, you know, also uh, I had done a bunch of independent films mm-hmm. with first time directors, and they all turned out pretty crappy for one reason or another. And I was very, very frustrated because they started with good scripts. They should have been, they should have done something. Uh And when I looked at the end result, I saw all the mistakes and I thought to myself, you know, maybe I should try doing it myself. Uh Uh If I'm good at it, then I have a new path. And if I'm not good at it, then I can just shut up and do the work and stop complaining about how, you know, what other people are doing. How did you know you had an eye or an ear for that? I mean, you were able to look at the film and go, this isn't quite right. Where does yeah. that come from? Who influenced you in that area? I, You know, I don't know. I think to some degree it's just instinctual. I think I, to some degree, I fell exactly into mm-hmm. where I belonged after journeying through these different places. But, mm-hmm. you know, I played alto sax when I was a kid and Listen I this, studied <laughs> classical piano for years. And I was a painter and an art, you know, I did a lot of yeah. art and a lot of sketching. And Wow. Um, I actually sold art in New York. I had this crazy little journey that took me through all these artistic endeavors. Mm -hmm. And I was writing and I was actually doing like script doctoring for people Mm -hmm. while I was acting. So all these, I think, 
converge together. Yeah. They make sense as a director yeah. um, to understand story arc and understand acting and understand, you know, when you start editing the texture and the frame and yeah. all of these things, I think, just came together in a perfect storm. And You've always been looking for creative expression, is yeah. what it sounds like. And yeah. it's really cool that you recognized early yeah. what it is you love to do. Would you yeah. say that filmmaking is it? That is your core yeah. love. That is the thing you wake up and want to do and have to do. Yeah, That's absolutely. A hundred percent. I can't wait. And it doesn't have to be just, I mean, I love getting on a set. Yeah. But, you know, you go, you're like, like an actor, you go a long way, a time without having the money to make the next film. Sure. But whether I'm writing or producing or on the set directing my actors mm -hmm. or in the edit room putting all the pieces together, yeah. there's not a moment of that that I'm not joyful. Wow. Even when I'm hating it, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> Even in the thick of it when it's so hard and yeah. everything's going wrong yeah i am joyful of the opportunity that's when you know it's your core skill that's when you yes. know you were born to do this because yeah. nobody has to pay you a red cent even though it's nice you know it's yeah. nice to get a paycheck <laughs> now i'm not <laughs> uh, yeah. but you just love it i think radio is my thing I, yeah. I mean i do it all day long in different capacities and with i don't know how many different shows i do I would love to do, you know, film or do other things just to mix it up and find out, you know, what that feels like on my palate. But I, I know that I was always come back to communication and always love sitting in front of someone and having a yeah. conversation about who are you exactly? I yeah. want to know where you came from and what is it that turns you on? Yeah. You know, that is, you know, uh, the thing that I think, especially in, in, the, in the independent world, we have to figure that thing out. It's the only way we'll survive, right? Creatively, right? Well, honestly, you better love whatever you do because mm -hmm. there is not, not a lot of money. It's not glamorous and you're not getting paid a big paycheck yeah. and, you know, you're slogging to make everything happen sure. constantly. So you have to, you have to mm -hmm. love it. And I also think to a degree, you're guided where you're supposed to go. You know, you're, you, I love you, that. You, you catch the wave and you let it carry you. You'll end up where you belong as long as you just trust right. the process, you know. So mm -hmm. I felt like when I landed into directing, it was just a natural evolution toward where I was supposed to be in the first place. Mm -hmm. But if I hadn't had that journey and hadn't mm -hmm. done all those different uh, disciplines, I wouldn't have been good at it. Yeah. I needed to go through all of those other things to get good for this, right. you know. right. Well, one of the hats, as she mentioned, she's a producer, and she produced one of our favorite LGBT films, uh, Elena Undone, um, uh, directed by the iconic Nicole Kahn. Um, you know, what? what is so endearing to me is that... Uh, our allies. Um, do you consider yourself an ally for well, LGBT? Of course. Yeah, of I, I better be. <laughs> <You> better be. <laughs> um, I just, I'm so impressed by that. Our lives are on the line to tell our stories. We have to in order for, in order to exist, in order to leave a legacy. There's some kind of way we have to tell our stories. But our allies, you don't necessarily have to do that. You don't have to do that for us. It's a choice that you've made. And I, I am just. I, I'm baffled by that sometimes. Does it stifle your career and other decisions that you make that people kind of, you know, put you in a box and well, judge you? Well, know, you it's really interesting because when Nicole and I started the process of um, developing the story for sure. Elena Undone, we talked a lot about influencing it to be a crossover movie. Right. Because I really had... Um, and you really could. You could put any characters in those. You could put in any other... Yeah. But it didn't transcend the gay market, which mm -hmm. is... Uh, disappointing um, and predictable to some degree. Yeah. So, 
when I started with Meth Head, you know, honestly, I don't see any of my movies as gay or straight. I don't see my, you know, someone okay. as trans or sure. woman or man, you know. I see them just as stories about human beings that I care about, uh, situations that I can relate to. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because I had a guy recently ask me uh, how I crafted these this relationship that's in Meth Head between right. the two lead men. Right. There are LGBT themes that are even braided yeah, and inside uh, Meth Heads, too. Lucas Haas plays Love him. Uh, the lead. He's so amazing. The legendary Lucas Haas. Uh, he's so good. Uh -huh. And then Wilson Cruz, who's also right. fabulous. Please tell them the star-studded lineup oh. of diversity in this film. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Lucas Haas plays the lead. Wilson Cruz mm -hmm. is his lover. Uh, Nikar Zadigan. Mm -hmm. who, from Elena Undone. From Elena Undone. She also, you know, I discovered her in my short film, The Touch. That's when I, I cast okay. her in my short film uh -huh. and then brought her in She's to beautiful. Elena. She's, She's amazing. I'm so girl crushing. But go She's, ahead. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people girl crushing on her. But sure um, Nikar, uh, this guy Blake Barris, who's a, who's a soap guy. From Days of Our Lives. From Days of Our Lives, uh -huh. yeah. Emmy Award winning actor yeah, yeah. Yeah, very, very, very talented. Mm -hmm. Theo Rossi, who's on Sons of Anarchy. Mm -hmm. Tom Sizemore. It's such a diverse cast. Yeah. How did they all come together? What pulled them into this project? I think the script. The script itself. Yeah. You sort of have to start mm -hmm. with the story. Mm -hmm. And when you're talking about asking actors of that caliber to work for basically peanuts, mm -hmm. the only reason to do it is because they dig the character and they believe in the script. They felt the story had to be told. They have well. to, yeah, yeah, and they have to believe that the script is strong enough to actually warrant mm -hmm. the kind of work they have to do. Mm -hmm. So that was where it started, but honestly, you know, it's a little bit of everything. Nakara I just offered the role to, you know, called her up and said, I got a script. Mm -hmm. And um, Blake was an audition, and he came in, and I just knew immediately that this guy was something special. Right. Wilson, I chased after because I love, I love my so-called life, and I just was so admiring of everything he had Noah's done. Noah's art too. I'm such a fan of his. He's, he's so such a, he's so sexy. He is sexy. You know? He's very sexy. Shout out Wilson. Absolutely, would agree with you on that right? one too. And honestly, you know, it made the relationship between Sue Wilson and and Lucas. Yeah. They play they play uh, partners. Right. Because Wilson, you know, Lucas even says in an interview at one right. point, he's he like, he's so beautiful. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> can you, right. not, you know, <laughs> kind of hard not to mind kissing him. Yeah. But this, their, their relationship, you know, was, was helped along because of who Lucas is and mm -hmm. who Wilson is. Mm -hmm. And the fact they had worked together briefly when they were 17 years old in John's and all of that stuff. But rounding back around to the idea that um, this person asked me how I created this relationship. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, between two gay men, as if I wouldn't have a a root of understanding for it. And how did I understand <laughs> it? And I said, well, I, I understand love and I understand yeah. relationships. Yeah. So in my mind, there's no difference, is there? Right. You know? Right. I'm just writing about two people who love each other and that are in a committed relationship. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I need to know anything more than that. But but is there, is there something about needing to have LGBT representation in, in in that particular film, in Elena and Dunn. I mean, well, you could have cast it differently. Obviously, Elena couldn't because Nicole right. <laughs> wouldn't have let me. But um, but I didn't want to. Anyway, we were working on projects before that, too. Uh -huh. It's just, I, you know. But with Meth Head, well, A, it's a, 
It's a big problem in the gay community. Yeah. Um, methamphetamine addiction. So, and it's based on a true story. My yeah. friend John W. McLaughlin. It's based mm -hmm. on his story and several other people I know. So, well, in my opinion, anyone who's dealt with someone that they love who suffers from addiction, it, this story is relatable. Yeah. You you did so well in kind of writing the the humanity yeah. of the struggle, and not only that, the people outside of the addict who yeah. are influenced and in, in what they deal with. Yeah. Um, and it makes sense now. You're saying, this is hidden right home. This is, yeah. you know, my story. This is, yeah. you know, someone close to me. Was that hard to create, having it be so close to home? Uh, you know, it's interesting because in the creation, I didn't, it wasn't. I, I think it was, mm -hmm. it, it might have been harder for John to share his story with me. We, we mm -hmm. and we did, we spent two days crying basically yeah you know through the process because he's a dear friend and i've known him for a long time and it was hard that part was hard and it's not your typical drug film or whatever it is it it's no, more about relationships right it is about relationships i mean most of what i do is uh, i'm very centered on the characters and mm -hmm. the relationships between people and mm -hmm. how they interact and the subtleties and complexities of it mm -hmm. the gray areas between human beings and um, yeah. the film also, because I, one of the characters in the movie is based on my brother-in-law, um, and I grappled with what being a loved one with an addict right. Right. meant and what that experience right. was and where I felt I failed and where I felt I, I did what I that. could do. Yeah, sure. it's, it's such a hard place. So yeah. there's no way for me to write a script and not have that be... Mm -hmm. a deeper a deep part of the journey in the story mm -hmm. so even though the family is not front and center they mm -hmm. are very integral to the f rise and fall and rise and yeah. you know, of these human beings yeah. you know yeah. and this and the family that we put together for ourselves when we move away from home and absolutely the families are not right there those mm -hmm. families that we put together for ourselves can, are, can either be supportive or right detrimental to detrimental. our growth absolutely yeah. mm -hmm. the writing process I kind of get a little bit in my zone mm -hmm. and I don't sometimes even know when I'm writing when it I'm mm -hmm. writing it if that makes sense mm -hmm. I mean I start with a treatment so I have a template but then I just start going so mm -hmm. the, the impact of it didn't really resonate with me until we were on the set and there were just those little moments that happened where the actors hit everything right and, you know, the camera, everything was intimate and I was there and then it struck me. And later when I talk about things sometimes now, it's, get you know, I'll, I'll be in a Q&A and &A and mm -hmm. I'll slip a little because it just strikes me all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. But the writing itself, putting it all together was about the goal, right. if that makes sense. Right. It's really about the goal for mm -hmm. me. So, in fact, it's funny because I wrote the first draft of the script and I sent it to John and said, you know, here, what, what do you think of this? And he, he emailed me back and he's like, oh, I, just, I just love it, Jane. He goes, I mean, and I love the way you had Pinky talk in the third person. Mm -hmm. Pinky's this character, this transgendered character played by Candace Kane. And okay. I, he said, how did, how did you come up with that? I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, had to, <laughs> I had to go back to this script and check it out and go, wow, I did. I wonder why I did that. I have no idea why I did that. But she's talking in their third person through the whole right. movie. This <laughs> is another character in my head that just kind of made it yeah. <laughs> to, the, to the screen. You know, um, you produced it. You wrote it. You directed it. You even edited this project. Why was it so important for you to have control of all the aspects of how the story was told? 
Well, the producing was uh, is and it is usually for me mm-hmm. the, the default position because if I want to get something made, mm-hmm. you know, no one's out there making it happen for me. I have to make it happen for me. Yeah. Um, and because I I try to plan well in advance of pre-production, I'm I'm actually out there booking locations and yeah. you know I'm doing You're everything doing before we show up on at pre-production, so yeah. we have most of that stuff done. But I had a really strong producing team that I brought in that got mm-hmm. us through the production, and I couldn't have done it on my own. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really came in, took over, made sure that everything was happening the way it was supposed to happen, and I had everything I needed, and mm-hmm. I was able to put the director cap on and mm-hmm. you know focus on my actors for the for the duration. So that part is just that's what I need. Mm-hmm. I need me to make my own movies. Someday, I hope I have a producer who will actually go do a lot of that work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the writing, directing, and editing is, in my mind, the same. It's part of a long, linked process. Okay. So you write the script, but I'm not finished writing. Even when we're on the set, we're making changes and I'm crossing out and adding right. and shifting. I do a rehearsal process that has a lot of that involved as well. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the shooting and then things change as you discover with your actors, you know, where you're going and problems that come up mm-hmm. and that have to be solved with a smart, you know, answer. And mm-hmm. then you get into editing and it's the third part of telling the story. So I, I feel like it's not three things. It's one yeah. thing broken into three pieces. I see. Mm-hmm. And I love editing. So it's another part of the process that I love to do. Yeah, you and know, I, you're a rarity. There are a few people that I know who love editing, but it's not part they love the most. It's very tedious. But I, but I like jigsaw puzzles. Okay. You know, I do crossword puzzles and jigsaw puzzles, and I like putting the pieces together. Mm-hmm. So for me, I mean, I can really get into a, a zone place where mm-hmm. I'm just gone for hours at a time in my brain watching the screen and figuring out how mm-hmm. these pieces come together. And I also am very protective of my actors. So yeah. I, I feel like the only way I'm going to make sure that all their best pieces are put together is if I'm doing it myself. Sure, yeah. You know, so the, the discovery <laughs> in the editing room is also part of the joy of it, you know? Yeah, I love hearing the passion in your voice. Um, meth heads uh, just sweep the uh, film festivals with awards. We can't wait to see the film. When does it come out? How do we see it? Is there anything that we can do as your fans and listening audience that can help you um, move it forward. You know, it's about uh, spreading the word. Yeah. There's two things that can happen. It releases on June 26th. Uh-huh. So it'll be on iTunes. June 26th. And, yeah. iTunes and Amazon and um, a platform called Yekra, which, okay. uh, and I'm, I'm sure several other places, sure. or a distributor that's putting it out. Uh-huh. But when it releases, we need the numbers. So we need people, A, to go rent uh-huh. or buy or uh-huh. do both. We need people to talk about the film and yeah. re- recommend it to the next person. Right. It- Meth Heads. Meth Heads, again, Sat Lounge comes out June the 26th, June correct? 26th. June yeah. 26th. It'll be on Amazon. It'll be on iTunes. We need you to help us in social media, get the word mm-hmm. out. There's a website for it. Yeah, themethheadmovie.com. Um, which will have all the information. Facebook has uh, its Meth Head movie on mm-hmm. Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. So There's an outstanding trailer up there for you. Yeah, there's a great, great trailer you can find on the website. And it'll, mm-hmm. It's it's a, basically, it definitely sets you up on the ride. Absolutely. For sure. But yeah, the more people can talk about it, uh, share it, watch it, mm-hmm. the better off we'll be. You know, when you're Absolutely. making little films like this and sure. you're making hard films, the market is very small unless people support. 
Right. It's not like a comedy where everybody's rushing out or even something like Elena Undone, which is a romance mm-hmm. and there's all of that involved mm-hmm. right. in it. This is it's a serious this is serious matter. stuff, yeah. Right. This is serious stuff. And it's and it's a story that needs to be told and more than likely we've all been touched by it with the six degrees of separation, is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, in some form or fashion and we need to tell these stories so that we can educate each other what to do. Yeah. Right? How do you handle that? How do you handle someone who's struggling in your family? How do you handle it if you are struggling with it? Uh, You're still a human being. Sometimes we just forget that. That's it. That's the key. That's one of the things I had in my mind when I was writing that was really important to me because all these people I wrote about were people I loved. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that aspect gets lost when you're talking about drug films. I really wanted to make sure that people never forgot that mm-hmm. these are human beings, mm-hmm. that somebody loved them sometime. Mm-hmm. There's a family back there somewhere. There's a, a partner. There's a, right. you know, it's everybody's connected and they're not that person you should cross the street and avoid mm-hmm. because it's somebody else's problem. They are all our problems. Right. And that was really, really important to me. Yeah. I mean, and it's interesting because we had, you know, I, I go to a lot of, I have gone to a lot of Q&As. I've had people come up afterwards. I've had addicts come up and go, you mm-hmm. nailed it. That is my, that, that, that was it. That's my struggle. That's my struggle. Yeah. And I've had mothers come up and say, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I had this one woman in Bend, Oregon who said, and she was crying, was tears just pouring down her face. She goes, I'm, I, I, my son is lost to meth. We're not even sure really where he is right now. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh my God, you know, I'm so sorry. This, uh, maybe this wasn't what you should be watching right now. And she said, no, I actually found a lot of comfort in it because mm-hmm. it made me realize that I'm not alone. And it made me realize that I've been doing everything I can possibly do. uh, And I want to bring my kids Mm -hmm. to see it because I think that they should know what their, what their brother's going through. And we know. Wow. Yeah. And that's, that's the most fulfilling thing about the whole journey. I mean, this process has been rewarding a hundredfold from that, that perspective. Yeah. Well, I cannot wait to see it June the 26th. I want you to see Meth Heads uh, by director Jane Clark. We actually have to take a break, uh, but as if Meth Heads wasn't enough for us to chew on and look forward to, Jane (laughs) is still making movies. She's in post-production, I believe, for another film called Crazy Bitches. Some of those bitches you know, too. (laughs) Mary Jane Wells, uh, Kathy DeBono, to name a few, are in in this film, and uh, we're going to talk more about that one as well. Uh, I'm going to take a break here real quick and, and find out more about it. More Pillow Talk with director Jane Clark coming up in the Satin Lounge with Kia Renee. Promoting diversity. diversity. It's a profound thing when you can bring everybody together. Primarily LGBT people. Right. LGBTQI. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> M- yeah. All, all, all the alphabets. XYZ. Yeah, XYZ. Yes. All the alphabets. Celebrating equality. If you are a woman and you want to love a woman, no one should judge you for that. If you're a man and you want to love a man, no one should judge you for that. Nothing matters when you feel it. You know what I mean? And we should not be afraid to be who we are when it comes to love. You know, love is love. Nothing matters when you feel it, baby. Showcasing creativity. I love it. Once I realize that you don't have to wait for somebody to give you the yes to mm. do something and you take the power yourself and you say, I'm going to do this on my own. Um, There's something empowering in that as an artist. The Satin Lounge with Kia Renee. Keep listening and supporting this show. We need a show where we can all come together.
is the Satin Lounge with Key Renee, your elite platform for LGBTQ and indie entertainment. Is it Kirk Smith? Kurt Smith. He's he didn't he yeah. compose or he's one of the music supervisors for Methhead, is that right? He was uh he and Charlton Pettis did the score for Methhead and uh incredibly powerful very awesome music, yeah. And, and Tears for Fears has a new album coming out very soon. We'll make sure you keep you posted about that as well. And we are back with tonight's Pillow Talk guest, Jane Clark, the director of uh, the newest film coming your way, June twenty sixth, Methheads. Welcome back, Jane. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight and informing us about uh, the important things. I think sometimes you need to use your celebrity, you need to use your entertainment to uh, teach and educate. And uh, I can appreciate someone taking the risk to do that. Having said that, you also use your gifts to entertain. Yes. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the next project that is in the wings, Crazy Bitches? I will. <laughs> you know, I'll give you the log line because it pretty much sums it up. Uh-huh. It's seven women and one fabulous gay guy that uh-huh. go to a remote ranch for some R&R, uh-huh. but things go horribly wrong when one by one they're killed off by their own vanity. <gasps> God, this is a horror story or something? What's well, going on? we're calling it a horror comedy sex romp. Oh, my God. Yeah, and it's sort of like a serial killer horror thing. But, but it's, it's funny. Funny. I can funny. T- <laughs> well, Mary Wells is in it, and she's yeah. funny, so you can imagine. Yeah, again. And, uh, and Kathy DeBorno and Guinevere yeah. Turner, and sure. then a bunch of my meth head people, so Blake Barris is in it. And yeah, John yeah I know those bitches. I do. <laughs> I got some new bitches in this movie, too. You- I'm going to be introducing some new bitches in this I can't film. wait, crazy bitches. Yeah, it's good. I'm enjoying the process. What are you talking about rolling out that one? Is it still a little ways away, or what? I, I should have it finished. Uh, I okay. do my last day of sound on the uh-huh. 30th, and then I need to just do a little color tweaking, uh-huh. and then it should all be ready to put together. And then I've been approaching some festivals ahead of time Sweet. with work in progress to see if we can start setting stuff up for the summer. Okay, so releasing yeah. sometime this summer probably. Yeah. Well, for festivals anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I we'll think, you know, this is going to be one of those things we may just roll out quickly. You so, should. You know, <laughs> do the festivals. We may hit the horror, horror festivals in the fall if we find that, that they think is it's hilarious. And- How do you, you know what, sometimes when I'm watching horror films, which I don't very often because I'm just too superstitious, I don't know, I'm too, I'm, I'm a punk, whatever. Um, but sometimes it's hard to make it believable, you know, with all of the, you know, red syrup and so forth. I mean, what were yeah. some of your challenges trying to uh, create this? This film almost killed me. It was so <laughs> hard. And, you know, I don't, I never went to horror movies because I'm that girl that covers her eyes. Yeah, that's me too. Yeah, yeah. That's me too. Petrified. Right. So I'm like the worst horror goer. I don't know. Horror goer. Horror goer. <laughs> but I, I have to say I've been sort of getting a kick out of yeah. all the process of putting together the murders. Okay. I've been mean, like really having Uh-oh. fun. And even when we were yeah, shooting it, it was, worried. I know, I was like, I'm worrying myself a little bit. But I, and I have to admit, like, we had a lot of things go wrong. And, like, the blood gags went mm-hmm. horribly wrong. Our gag blood knife didn't work. The <laughs> fake blood things didn't work. The slashing. I mean, like, it's just oh things went God. awful. But I found this visual effects guy uh-huh. who saw meth head and was like, oh, my God, I, I will do anything mm-hmm. you're doing. Yeah. What have you got? And I yeah. said, well, I do have this project. And I could kind of use some blood and I could kind of use some rain. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I can give you blood. I can give you rain. Oh. So I like have all these conversations Who with him. Who says that? Oh, I'm no. just... He 
he's it's been the weirdest conversations with him because I you know it'll be like I think we need to blood this up a little bit more and oh he'll send me something and I'm like do you think this is too much blood because he'll have like blood every, and he's like no you said I think it's just enough and <laughs> theoretically I mean and he even like was so I didn't know this but when people die mm-hmm. I guess it makes sense but their eyes go straight forward. Okay. And their jaws slack because the muscle okay. is gone, right? Okay. Tension is gone. And I had done one particular person who mm-hmm. dies. Mm-hmm. We were shooting them dead. And their eyes were off to the side and the mouth was closed. And he's like, I said, well, thanks for letting me know, Chris, but it's a little late. You know, yeah. and he's like, no, would you like me to straighten the eyes and slack the jaw? I was like, what? Wow. And then he sent it to me. I could not believe, like, I can't, when I look at the the, the clip. The original. I, yeah, uh-huh. I can't, you know, you go back and forth. You're like, yeah, I go, wow, I don't need, but I cannot see the work. I cannot figure out wow. how. And he even put teeth in. So, you know, her mouth was closed. Yeah, yeah. So he had so to there, open So he had up. to find teeth. I don't know. I, I, it was crazy stuff. That is amazing. Wow. Yeah, it was really crazy stuff. So, and then the other part was that we didn't have any rain, which was we shot in the hottest two weeks of last summer. <laughs> hottest at the top of a mountain. Oh, my God. In Malibu. It was brutal. So do we have some of the stereotypical things that happen in horror movies? Like, you know, okay, the, the white girl falls down and the creature's chasing her or whatever. Or the killer's getting her. She has to fall. What is, what? Look. <laughs> why, Jane? <laughs> Why do the white girls fall down? Because the black girls ain't going to fall down. Not if the killer's coming. I'm telling you, we have this conversation all the time. We do not fall if there's a knife person or a creature or whatever's coming. He is going to have to catch me. Yeah, I'm with you. Why is she falling down, looking around and stuff going, oh, no, he's coming. Um, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) You know, honestly, I've tried very hard to break stereotypes in this movie. You wrote it in there, didn't you? I know you did. I'm, I, know, I can't say anything because I don't want to give anything away. But I will say that if if it were the case where a white girl did fall down and then be stunned and what's happening, there was justification for it in this one. I promise you, when you see it, you'll go, oh, I understand why she fell. Okay. I did not make it a random fall. Okay, not a random fall. No, falling. no random. She's not wearing, you know, yeah. three-inch heels through the running through the... Up the mountain. She might not be. Uh, Oh, God. Here we go. (laughs) I'm giving nothing away because I just don't want to give it away. Nothing away. But I did did try. I mean, you know, know, it's a fun, fun movie, but I always write to a theme and I always write to something that I care about because I I know what's going to happen. The the gay guy is going to have the three-inch pumps and he's running up the mountain and he's going to be the one that falls. That's my next film. I'm just, oh, okay. I'm just. That's Slayton Kelly. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, I mean. Most of the murders you will be surprised about. They're, I would say most of them are pretty unique. Uh-huh. And there's one of them that every focus group that has watched it has been slightly freaked out about. Uh-huh. I mean, it's creepy, creepy, creepy. Creepy crazy. Yeah. Why, why did you want to do this one? I don't know where it came. It's like the pinky thing. You know, I have no idea where the crazy, idea came from. I know where the theme bitches. came from, but I have no idea <laughs> why I decided to kill a bunch of bitches off. I, have no, I don't know. I came from... Somewhere, but uh, deep inside my psyche, apparently. <laughs> After meth heads, she wanted to kill some girls. I just wanted to kill some bitches <laughs> off, man. I was like really ready to let it go. <laughs> and it was fun. Ooh. It was fun. <laughs> That's funny as hell. So you have this star-studded cast again. You, you seem to get the best actors to participate. Uh, how did all of you come together with, you know... Well, you know, honestly, I wrote the script 
for every single one of my friends. So okay. each of the characters was written for somebody. Yeah. I mean, bit by bit, some people fell off. So uh -huh. Taya Gill was going to be in it, but uh -huh. some things happened. She wasn't available. Okay. Um, so Guinevere Turner took her place. Okay. And yeah. yeah. Um, was going to be in it, but then she got rake and she got busy. Right. And, um, this woman, Naya Wallace, took her uh -huh. place. Uh -huh. uh, Wilson Cruz was going to be in it. Then he got, you know, started working with Glad and yeah, he got wrapped up with that. So yeah, I had yeah, to replace yeah. him with this guy, Andy Gala. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a lot of that. But Kathy mm -hmm. DeBuono, I wrote her role for her. Mm -hmm. Mary, I wrote her role for her. Uh -huh. Um, Blake, I wrote it. John, I wrote. I mean, I, I'd say okay, now, two thirds of them I wrote the roles. Yeah, for. but you know, we gotta go back to the prefix when you said you felt like killing off some crazy bitch. Yes, yes you wrote this for you. Da, da, da. I know, right? No, it was not. I had no subconscious latent <laughs> anger towards all my friends. Where is the horror music? I'm worried about you right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm no. worried about me too. <laughs> it sounds like a really exciting film. I, Like I said, I'm not um, used to, literally used to watching horror films, but this sounds more funny than scary. You're going to want to check it out because you're going to laugh all <laughs> the way through it. It's really funny. So there's going to be, is there a trailer up or is there any kind of teases that you're giving us yet or, or how can there's we keep up with it? There's one little promotional trailer that mm -hmm. uh, is up on the website. Okay, and the, the website crazybitchesmovie.com. Thecrazybitchesmovie.com. Yeah. Bitches is with yeah. an S, though, yeah. right? Bitches with an S. Okay. Because there's, there's several bitches involved, yeah, not some. just one. And, um, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm going to have a trailer probably in the next month. Awesome. No. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. Crazy bitches, meth head. Uh, there's a lot that you've been up to. We cannot wait to support you in both of those places. They're completely two different projects. Uh -huh. That just it tells me so much about the spectrum of your creativity. I'm excited to get to know more about it and watch it. What is your website? Um, it's F I L M M C Q U E E N. Filmmcqueen. Film, film yeah. And all my projects com. are on there. And then you can, you know, follow me on Twitter. Sure. At, uh, follow Jane Clark 15. Jane Clark 15. Yes. And then Facebook is Jane C. Jane C. Jane C. 2. Jane C. 2. Facebook. Twitter. They've been tweeting you tonight, actually. They're, they're talking about crazy bitches right now. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you want to share with us or, or say to your fans or your friends or your family or... You know, I, I think just to say that this is a great journey to be on and mm -hmm. the, the support that I've gotten has been key to making sure that it keeps going. Sure. We had a lot of donors come on for Crazy Bitches to help me get through production. You did a Kickstarter or Indiegogo? You know, I, I put a... I started with Kickstarter, but it's kind of just... That, that, it's a very frustrating process. Mm -hmm. And um, so in the end, I ended up putting up a PayPal link. Oh, yeah, on my website. That's yeah, awesome. and then just you know, people can go there and donate money. Mm -hmm. I'm still raising. If anybody wants to, still need to raise another. Okay, and, and is that at the the Crazy Bitches yeah. Movie dot com yeah. website? Yeah. Okay, there's so, a PayPal link for you. Go ahead and support yeah. Jane Clark. Absolutely. But that's huge. It helps. You don't make these sure. little films without the help of people I've, who want to see independent entertainment. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. you know, how can you pass up a title like that? I know. I want to see some crazy. <laughs> I, 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 you sold me. I'm there. I'm gonna watch this one. I'll be curled up with a blanket in my wife, but we're okay. gonna we're gonna check it out. <laughs> I think you'll be able to uncover your eyes. <laughs> you might be a little tense at times, but you'll be able to sit there without your eyes covered. Okay. Okay, if, if not, I'm calling you on speed dial. Okay. <laughs> Jane, what the hell? <laughs> coming back to me. I can hear it now. That's right. That's right. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming, and it's been a pleasure to meet you face-to-face. -face. I've yeah, been a, a fan of yours. Um, Likewise. 
I, uh, I wish you much success, especially in both of these uh, films. Meth Head is important to me. Someone who's been touched by addiction uh, in my family, and so I know what that's like, and yeah. I appreciate that story being told. Um, again, keep up with Jane uh, on Twitter, Jane Clark 15 and then catch her at Facebook again at... Jane C2. And uh, and then go to her, so many places to find you. <laughs> what is it? Filmmcqueen.com? Yeah, filmmcqueen.com. All right. Yeah. The Methheadmovie.com. The Crazy Bitches Movie.com. Did I get it? You got them all. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure all there's a couple more, but I, I won't burden listen. you with them. Let's just give them those links. Um, go and support this amazing independent director or um, multi-talented uh, creative person, as a matter of fact. And um, we appreciate you coming out tonight. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to the next time. Absolutely. Yeah. You're welcome to lounge with us any old time. I'm going to slip back into the soundtrack tonight. Still to come, a classic for Lyric of the Night for you. It's a classic you don't want to miss. And here's a favorite uh, from our Pillow Talk guest, Adam Lambert's version of Mad World by Tears for Fears. Thank you so much, Jane. We appreciate you coming through. Thank you. Uh, you're listening to The Satin Lounge with Kia Renee. Can you tell everybody listening to breathe it in? Breathe it in. All 